This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com A very, very long time before the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash Tisha B'Av began at the beginning of the world In Bereshis, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and he created Adam and Chava and he gave the human being everything in the world was for him except for two trees that were in the middle of Gan Eden the Eitz Hadas and the Eitz Hachayim and HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded Adam and Chava not to eat from this tree and as I've spoken many times in many of my shiurim and the satan which was represented by the snake was the schemer, the shrewdest of all animals. And he knew that if he could get Chava to sin, that one day, many, many, many thousands of years later, he could get Klaisrol's based on Migdash to be destroyed. And to get Klai Yisrael thrown out of Eretz Yisrael. And to separate us from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore he came to Chava. And he said, Mumipriya ate from the tree of Shebesai Chagon. And said Chava to the, to the snake. Don't worry, you won't die. For Hashem knows that on the day that you will eat from this tree, the only thing that will happen to you will be your eyes will open and you will know good and bad. And Chava, for the first time in her life, she saw that the tree was good to eat. And the question is, why now did she first see that the tree was good to eat? And Chazal explains, because this shrewd, wise, and terrible Nachash knew about the Midah of jealousy. The Midah of Kinnah would destroy the woman, would destroy the man, would destroy Kla Yisrael, and in the end, would destroy the Beis HaMikdash. All of a sudden, this forbidden fruit became good. Why? Because he had said before, you should eat from the tree because if you eat from the tree, you will have something that you never had before. Something that is not yours. Something that you shouldn't have. But there's someone, some being in this world that has it. And therefore, if you don't have it, you should want it. And that is the knowledge of good and bad which only God has. And she was Mekana, she became jealous. 
And girls, when one becomes jealous, the thing that somebody else has becomes good in your eyes, no matter how bad it is. And the passage goes on, from jealousy comes Tava. This fruit that she told the Nachash a moment before, you're not allowed to touch, you're not allowed to eat because Pentamusin, it will kill you spiritually. All of a sudden, the same fruit became a taiva. V'nechmad became cherished. And then, Vatikach, Mepirya, Vatoychal, she ate from the tree. The total breakdown of Chava and of humankind by the Avera of Kina, the Avera of jealousy. And she gave this fruit to her husband that was with her, by Yochal, and he ate. Says Rashi, She gave it to her husband. How could a woman give this to her husband? She knew when she ate from the tree that now she would die. And the Pasuk is careful to tell us, she gave it to the husband that was with her. The husband that from him she was created. And she knew now that if she gave to him from this fruit, he would die too. How could she do such a terrible thing? Says Rashi, why did she do such a terrible thing? Jealousy, kinah. Even to the ones you love, to the closest people to you. She said, I am going to die and he is going to live. I can't allow that to happen. So she actually poisoned the husband that was Ima. She knew that she was killing him, says Rashi. And the question is, why would it bother her? If she lived and he died, if she if she died and he lived, let him live. And Rashi goes on to say an amazing thing for Rashi to say. What was she worried about? If I'm going to die, said Chava, then Adam's going to marry someone else. The kina that began by eating from the eight hadas. I am willing to kill the husband, Emoi, that was with me, that I was created from. Because if I'm going to die and he's going to live, he will marry someone else. And it won't be me because I won't be here anymore. Ask Chazal, Chava, what are you talking about? There is nobody else. There is no other woman on the world. What are you worried about? He's going to marry someone else. There is no one else. Says Chazal, girls, that kinah, that jealousy is not based on anything that has to make sense. And this was the first Avera in the world. And what happens afterwards? 
And the two of them heard the voice of Hashem going through Gan Eden. And they dressed themselves. And Hashem Alekim said to Adam, Vayom And Akash Baruch Hu called out to the human, El Ha'adam, Vayom And he said, Where are you? What kind of question is that? Hashem knew where they were. And Adam and Chava answered, We heard your voice in the gun, in the Gan Eden, but we are scared, for we are naked, we are not dressed. Therefore, we got dressed. Says Chazal, the Eicha that we said tonight is spelled the same way as the word Ayeka. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was saying, Vayayim Eloi Eicha. What you have done will bring the Eicha. The Eicha that we said tonight, the Eicha of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Because the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash was being Adam Lechaveiro, Sinas Chinam, hatred for another person for no reason. So the beginning of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash started in Pasha's Bereshis. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Where are you? Where is the Adam that I created? And Adam said, I'm hiding. In the Eicha that we said tonight, we ask Hashem, Eicha Yashvabadad, how is it possible that we sit alone? The city that had so much, we are like a widow, and there's nobody to help us. Ayeko and Echa are connected. Now we know that Yirmiyahu, I'm going to read you from the Medrash Echa. Yirmiyahu was the Navi at the time of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. I read this this week before, but I'd like to read this again. The Medrash and Echa and the Psichta, if you want to look it up, Psichta Yud. Rav Yitzchak Pasak, Rav Yitzchak said the following. There were 365 houses of Avodah Zarah in Damascus. And the Jewish people went every single day to another birthday of Avodah Zarah, to another house of Avodah Zarah. And they served all kinds of different idols. 365 channels on the television. 365 places to go on the internet. 365 pages in that paperback. And I called Baruch who cried to hear me, Yahoo, and said, 
I don't even want to be treated like a god. Why am I and why am I not one of those three hundred and sixty-five avodazaras? Why isn't there one house of the three hundred and sixty-five that belongs to the Yudke Vavke? Forget about treating me like Hashem. Treat me like one of your avodazaras, as we spoke about this week. Give me the attention you give your cell phone. Give me the attention you give your studies. Be quiet in my shul like you do when you go to an opera house or a Broadway play or to a movie when everyone's so careful not to talk. Treat me like a movie. Treat me like your paper bag that you take every night and you read and you pay so much attention to. Treat me like your avoid desires. I would be happy, cries Hashem. But we don't treat Hashem even like one of our avoid desires. Amor of Yaisi Brahmanina. Rav Yaisi Brahmanina says, Akadish Baruch Hu says, Halavai Asu Aisi Beniki Kazimi. Kazimi is the dessert that is brought after the meal. Says Akadish Baruch Hu, I know that I'm not your main dish. I know that I'm not your appetizer. I know that I'm not important in your lives, my children. Treat me like the dessert. Treat me like an afterthought. But no, we don't. Hashem doesn't even expect us to treat Him like our Kaddish Baruch Hu anymore. He just wants to be like one of our Avodah and the Medrash goes on, listen carefully. At the time of the destruction of the base, I mean, if any of us could even understand this, we would be crying all night tonight. The night that the base Hamidish was destroyed, which happens to be Matzei Shabbos, like it is this year, in a Shemitah, like it is this year. Tonight is exactly like the way it was when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. For Omer and Akash Baruch Hu said, Oily Mas, you see, what did I do? I brought my Shechina down to this world for the Jews. And now I have to return to where I came from. The Goyim are laughing at the Jewish nation and at God. This is the chosen nation. Where all the newspapers, the New York Times, and the Newsweek, every day they have another article to write about Jewish kids. My Kodesh Baruch Hu says, I'm embarrassed, I have become the joke. And my children have become the joke. And tonight Hashem is not sitting on his kisar cover, ladies. He's sitting on the floor like all of you. And the Malachim and Shemayim couldn't see this. Boy, he's the Shabbat Matatrin. At that moment when Hashem was crying, the great angel in Shemayim called Matatrin came before Hashem. And he fell on his, play, on his face. And he said in front of Hashem, 
Creator of the world. I will cry, Hashem, don't cry. How many of us are sitting on the floor saying, I will cry, Hashem, don't cry. Hashem said back to the Malach, if you don't leave me alone, live Christ to cry. I will go into my room where you cannot come and I will cry. Hashem said to the Malachi Hashareh, Come with me, I me and you. Come, Malachim, with me. Let's look at my house. What did they do there? Immediately, Hashem went with his Malachim Yimiyahu. And the Navi Yimiyahu, the fun up in front of him. He came in Shirak Kodesh Baruch with Beis Hamikdash. When Hashem saw his Beis Hamikdash, Amah, he said, This is my house. This is the place that I rest. The enemy has come and done whatever he wanted. At that moment, the God in heavens, our God, girls, our God, began to cry. Boy, man, he said, I look what happened to my house. Atem, where are my children? What is the Rebbeinu Shalom saying today? So the Shushim Pink is all of a Shalom. Today is much worse. Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes down to his house, to his houses. We know that at a wedding we entreat the chassan and column, we say, build a bias neman, that every house in Klai's role is considered a base hamikdash. How many houses did HaKadosh Baruch Hu come down with his malachim and say, what happened to this house? Sickness, children off the derech, houses full of televisions and movies and magazines. Where are my children? Where are my koihanim? So many children, so many men that are koihanim that don't even know that live in America that are intermarrying with goyim. Yeah, Ria Kodesh says that a Jewish man who marries a guy, Goyish a woman, the child is a guy. There's no tshuva, there's no return, for his neshama is taken into that child and lost from Hashem forever. How 
many Jewish men are marrying Goyim and the Jewish Neshama is part of Hashem Hey Chinatem Goyhanai, where are my Goyhanim? Hey Chinatem Goyhanai, where are my beloved? Hey Chinatem, where are you? Ayako, said Hashem to Adam and Chava, where are you? You don't even know where you are, Jewish people. Hashem turns to us and says, Ma'asalachem, what did I do to you? What did Hashem do to us to deserve this? It's racy, Bachem, I warned you, Belechazat and Bechuva, you didn't listen. Kaddish Baruch Hu turned to Yirmiyahu and he said, "Ani daima hayang laadam shayla ben yachid." Hashem turned to Yirmiyahu and I said, "I'll tell you how I feel today." Said Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave a marshal a parable, and he said, "I feel like a person sheyeshle ben yachidi who had one son, va'asul achupa, and he made him a wedding." Umeis b'tay chupa and standing under the chupa, his son fell and died. And he said to Yemiyahu, You are not in enough pain for me and my children. Go and call Avram Yitzhak Yaakov and Moshe Rabbeinu. For they know how to cry. For the only gate in Shemayim that's not ever closed is the gate of tears, ladies. That gate is never closed. Omalufan of Yemiyahu said, Hashem, I don't know where Moshe Rabbeinu was buried. And he said, go to the river and scream. Ben Amram, Ben Amram, the son of Amram, get up. Your sheep have been slaughtered. And Moshe Rabbeinu got up. And said, what is going on here? What is going on today? And Yemiyahu could not face Moshe Rabbeinu and answer. Because all of us in this room and all of Klai Yisrael will have to answer for all those intermarriages, for all the children on the streets. For the whole section of Klai Yisrael, which is the majority that doesn't even know there is a Hashem. Amalai Yemiyo and Yodeya Moshe Rabbeinu went to the Malachi Asharais. And he went with them in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem said, Ben Amram, don't you know the base Hamidish was destroyed? And the others were there and they all ripped their clothing and they began to scream and they began to cry to Hashem. And Hashem turned around and he said, a hasbid, a eulogy. And he said, Hashem said, when I was young, I was matzliach with Avram Yitzhak Yaakov and Klai Yisrael. And now I'm not matzliach. We don't have time to read the whole Medrash. Avraham came in front of Hashem and said, How could you do this to my children? 
and Akash Baruch Hu said, I warned them, and they did not listen. Turned out Rabbi Avinu Hashem and said, Who told you that the Jewish nation is sinning? And Hashem said, The Torah came before me, girls. When we sin, the Torah stands in front of Hashem. And Hashem said, The Torah got up and said, Witness that the Klai Yisrael is not behaving. Amalai Avram Avinu said to the Torah, Beat thee, my daughter. You come to witness against my nation. How dare you? They tried to give you to the whole world and nobody wanted you. And only my children said, Naseb and Nishma. How dare you say witness against them? And the Medrash said that the Torah went into the corner and began to cry and sat quietly. And Hashem said to Avraham, the 22 letters of the Aleph Beis have also come to me to tell me that Klai Yisrael is not keeping any of the mitzvos. And Avraham Avinu got up and said to the Aleph, how dare you say Lashon Hara against Klai Yisrael? They accepted the first of the Aserat HaDibras and said, Hashem, And the Beis got up and Avraham Avinu said, How dare you say Lashon Hara on Klai Yisrael? It says, Bereshit Bara Elohim, they were Makabal the Torah. And the Gimel got up and, and, and Avraham Avinu got up and said, Gimel, how dare you say something against Klai Yisrael? They keep the mitzvah, it says, it says, Gedilim Tasalach with the Gimel. And every single letter of the Aleph Beis got up. And Avraham Avinu had something to say to them, and they crawled into the corner quietly. But Hashem was not Makabal his tefillah. Pasach Yitzchak Yitzchak got up and said, I laid on the Akeda like a sheep. How could you do this to my children? HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not accept his tefillah. And Yaakov Avinu got up and said, Was I not in the base loving for 20 years, 21 years? Did I bring up the 12 Shvatim correctly? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not listen to his tefillah. And finally Moshe Rabbeinu got up and said, I am this, the shepherd of the 40, of 40 years in the Midbar. And the Kosh Baruch Hu did not listen to his tefillah. Amma Maishali Yirmiyahu, Maishra Benu said to Yirmiyahu, let's go down and see what happened. And Yirmiyahu said, I'm a Kayan, I can't go. The streets are littered with dead bodies. Amaloy Afapi came, let's go, we'll go around it, but I want to see it. Halak Meshaviyamiyahu, the fun of. Till they came to the Narais Bavel. They saw all the Jewish children laying on the side of the road dead, and the women on the side of the road dead. And the Jewish people that were left alive, they saw Moshe Rabbeinu, and they said, Bel ben Amram, Mikirvai, Lifdaisenu. Ben Amram, Moshe Rabbeinu, has come back, to free us. And they had a ray of hope. Yadis Abbas called, a voice came from Shemayim Ba'amra and said, Gizei Lufanai, he cannot help you. And Klai Yisrael was going to be destroyed. Moshe Rabbeinu was called, Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov were called, Yirmiyahu was called, Rachel Imenu was not called. But Aisha Kapsa Rachel Imenu, she jumped up. 
Lufnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not being asked. And she said to Hashem, Master of the world, Gali Lufnecha, you know the truth, Shiyakov Abdecha Havani, that Yaakov, your servant, loved me. Ahabu Yisera, a very special love. Ba'avad Bishvili Abba and he worked for me for seven years. And when those seven years were up and I was supposed to marry him, my father wanted to switch us, and she said something in the Medrash that's amazing. She was human, Rachelimeinu, everybody here. Everyone here can be a Rachelimeinu. The Medrash tells us that she said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was very hard for me. It was very hard for me. Admaod, very hard to give up this chance to marry Yaakov to my sister. Because we knew this would happen. And I gave him a simen that my father wouldn't be able to switch us. I worked on myself. Listen carefully to the words. I worked on myself. And I captured my taiva. She was correcting what happened in Bereshis. The eating from the Eitz Hadas. Because she was jealous. The Chitaiva Le'enayim says the Pasik. Rachli Menu came back to Hashem and said, I fixed that. I wasn't jealous of my sister. I fought that jealousy. I captured that jealousy. And I know what jealousy is, just pure lust. I had pity on my sister. That she shouldn't be embarrassed. And I gave her away the secret. The Gemara says that the women are going to bring Mashiach. The only way to bring Mashiach, ladies. The Savalti is Tavasi. We have to capture and overpower our Taiva for jealousy. Which is the basis of all Lashon Hara and Rechilis and Maitzi Shemra. And Rachel Imeinu was able to do that. She says, not only that Hashem, she's standing in front of Hashem. I didn't just do this, but I was actually under the bed. And when Yaakov would talk to Leah... She would be quiet. And from under the bed, I would answer all the questions. That he wouldn't recognize my sister. And I did this chesed with her. Says the Medrash. The fixing, the bringing of Moshiach is the next two words. Like I wasn't jealous of her. I didn't embarrass her. So she turned to Hashem with a little chutzpah. And she said, Surely I am a bus of a dumb God. Off of the Afer, I'm made of meat and blood of dust and dirt. Like Kinesi 
and I wasn't jealous of my tzara, my sister, who was going to take away my husband. And I didn't let her get embarrassed. You are the king of the world. What are you getting so angry about? You're jealous of some idols. Shame by mamish that have nothing. And for that you're throwing out my children. And they're being killed. And their enemies are doing whatever they want. Hashem, listen to her prayers. And I'll take it a step further, ladies. She didn't only give up marrying Yaakov first. She also knew that she would die before she would ever see her son Binyamin by mitzvah. She knew that Yaakov was not allowed to have two wives. And the halacha that Yaakov was not allowed to have two wives was only in Eretz Yisrael at that time. So she knew, she knew two wives that are sisters. So she knew that the minute Yaakov would cross the border, one of the sisters would have to die. And which was the sister that was the Avera, so to say? The second one. The first sister was, you're allowed to marry, but you're not allowed to marry her sister. So Rachel Imenu knew that the minute she was giving over the Simonim to Yaakov, that she would die very young and not be with her husband. But she gave it up for her sister shouldn't be embarrassed. How careful are we not to embarrass another woman or another person? Some of us are teachers. How careful are we not to embarrass the children that we're teaching? The kayak of a woman is to be like Rachel Imeinu. And Hashem answered her and He said, B'shvileich Rachel animachis Yisrael nimkaimam. Avraham I didn't listen to. Yitzchak Yaakov and Moshe. Yirmiyahu and all the Tfilos. Because of you Rachel Imeinu. I will bring Klai Yisrael back to where they were. Kayaman Hashem kolbarama nishma. Nehi b'chi tamurim Rachel mvaka abuneha. Will be answered. We see from this medrash the power of kina and the power of someone who is able to get past it. Every person in this room, every woman in Klaistro has the kayak to be a rachli meinu. Tonight's the night to start working on it. Kina was the first Ayeka, was the first Eicha. And we have definitely not destroyed Kina. It is definitely in our midst. There's a very interesting Medrash. There's a lot of different Medrashim. It's brought down in Sher Hashirim. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. So we know that there's a mitzvah to cry on Tisha B'av. For we know that Tisha B'av is a time where the Shemayim is open for tears. The Gemara says that Yirmiyahu, when he was walking through Yerushalayim, came upon three piles of 40 saw of tefillin, piles of hundreds of thousands of pairs of tefillin, and the Gemara says, Chazal says, that he stayed by those piles and he began to cry. 
And he said, Tfilin, Tfilin. Where are the heads that used to be in these Tfilin? Where are the holy heads of those men that used to wear this Tfilin? Said Yirmiyahu. What would Yirmiyahu cry now, girls? In our generation. Heads, heads, heads. Where are the tefillin? Thousands of heads that go without tefillin. Instead of Shem Shem Pinkas, what is worse? Tefillin without heads. Or heads without tefillin. Tefillin without heads. We know the heads were in, sitting in Gan Eden. But where it happens to the head that doesn't wear tefillin? So many boys and so many men in Klai Yisrael don't even know what tefillin are. You know, Yehovah would have cried much more in our generation. And Yehovah laments about the idol that was placed in the Kodesh Kedoshim. The end. The end of the Beis HaMikdash when they put the idol into the Kodesh Kedoshim. How many idols are in our Kodesh Kedoshim, ladies? The Kodesh Kedoshim of our houses. The holiest place of our house. The place that the Shekhinah rests with the zivug of the man and the woman. How many computers? How many television screens? How many movies? are sitting in that Kodesh Kedoshim. What would Jimmy Yahu cry more? Definitely, if he lived in our day, for all the idols that are in our Kodesh Kedoshim. Jimmy Yahu says in the Kines, the famous Kines, that women ate their children the terrible stories of women that ate their children. And he said, Rav Shimshin, would he cry more about that or would he cry about the two-thirds of Klai Yisrael that aren't religious, that aren't even Jewish, that eat chazer, and all types of unkosher food, who don't even know better. What is worse? For sure that's worse. And he goes on in the kinnis that we'll say tomorrow. Nimiyahu came upon Jewish kids with long payas that were being tied to horses. And the horses would drag them to their death in front of everybody. But at least they had payas, ladies. At least they had payas. How many Jewish people in our generation don't have payas? How many Jewish people in our generation are shaving with razors while we sit here and do nothing about it? How many children do not have brisim? How many Jewish people don't know anything about Shabbos or kosher or tzniyas? 
But we sit here and we don't do anything. And we're waiting for Mashiach. And we're wondering why these things are happening to us. So you could say, but it's not our fault. What do you want us to do? So he says an unbelievable marshal. says the following. There was a king who had two children, two sons. And one of these sons was a very good boy. But the other one was not. And the king continued to punish him and punish him and punish him. And no matter how many times he punished him, it didn't help. And finally he had no choice, but he had to throw the son out of the kingdom, out of the palace. But being that it was his child, he said, I'll give you one request. And the prince was brought into the king. And the king said, my son, I have to throw you out, I have to exile you, but I'll give you one request. And the boy looked up at his father and he said, my king, I hate you. And my one request is that you never, ever look for me, ever. And the king was broken, but he said, I gave you a request, fine. I will keep my word, I will never look for you. And the boy ran out of the palace to go party, to go have a good time. And he ran as fast as he could for miles and miles and miles through a field. And he wasn't looking. And in this field was a huge bar, a huge hole. And this prince fell into the huge hole, broke his arms, broke his legs, banged his head, it was very deep, and was unconscious, laying on the bottom of this hole, dying, bleeding. But the king promised he would never look for him. So the king had no idea that he was in that hole. But he had a brother, the good prince, and he never made any promises. So after not hearing from the bad brother that fell into the hole for a few days, the prince, the brother, went and decided to look for his brother. And he followed his footsteps. He was able to track. And lo and behold, after two days of searching, he came upon this huge hole. And he looked down into the bottom of the hole, and there was his brother bleeding, broken, unconscious. And he had with him all types of medicine and food. But he knew that if he jumped into that hole, he's going to also end up broken. But he loved his brother very much. So he jumped into the hole. And he broke his arms and his legs. And here he was laying next to his unconscious brother. And he began to yell and he began to scream. Help me, help me somebody walking by. Look down into this hole. The two princes of the king are here. And his brother remained unconscious. And he screamed and he screamed for a whole day. And the king, when he realized that his second, his other son had left and had not come back, sent out his soldiers. And they too followed the tracks. And were looking, were looking and looking and all of a sudden they heard a voice. Help me, help me, get me out of here. And the king's men went, looked into the hole, and threw down the rope and pulled him up. 
both brothers and brought them back to the palace. When the bad son woke up, he woke up in the palace and he said, what am I doing here? I left. I said I wasn't supposed to be followed. And they told him the whole story that he was not followed at all. But that his brother had jumped into the hole after him to save him and had broken his bones. And in looking for his brother, they found him. And he realized how much his brother and father loved him and changed his ways and grew up to be a big tzaddik. This is us, everybody here. There are hundreds and thousands of Jewish people, girls, that live in America and around the world. In Israel, we call them chilonim. In America, we don't call them anything. And they don't want to come back. And they're not interested in Judaism. But they're broken. Because the shamans are broken for who fell to the bottom of the time, to the bottom of the hole. And they tell Hashem, we're not interested, we're atheists. We're not interested in coming back, we're not interested in being Jews. And they don't deserve to be to be saved. They don't have the schus to be saved. There's only one way to save them girls. And that is the good children, the ones that believe in Hashem, all of us, if we jump into the hole to save them, even though it's going to hurt, but if we jump into the hole to save them, and we cry, then the king will come and save us. And by saving us, the king will also take them out of the tahoyim, out of the hole, and bring them back to the palace. But if we don't jump into that hole, if we don't try to go out and be makar of them and to save them, they will never be saved. I think that everyone in this room needs to take on to save one of Clyde's role, to talk to maybe one of the workers of course only if it's a woman, to talk to a cousin, to talk to somebody in the family, to bring back one, just one person to Hashem, that's bringing back a whole world, to sit tonight and cry, so that when Hashem hears the good child screaming, He will send His malachim to save the good child, and with the good child He will save the other, that's our job. But it's hard to cry. It's hard to force yourself to cry. To just go home, sit down and cry. But it says that those who cry on Tisha B'Av will smile when Mashiach comes. And those who smile on Tisha B'Av will cry when Mashiach comes. If you go to a wedding... And you walk into a wedding and you're from the girl's side. From the girl's side. Come to a wedding and everybody's dancing. Everybody's dancing. You don't know who the father of the chassan is. You don't even know who the chassan is. All the guys are dancing. There's a hundred guys dancing. Which one is the black cat? Which one is the chassan? We don't know who the chassan is. Who's the mechutin? I don't know. I come from the girl's side. I don't know who the mechutin is. Who's the uncle? Who's the brother? Who's the brother-in-law? I don't know, I don't know that side of the family. 
So when you go to a wedding, you only know the person that you came for, all the other women that are dancing, you have no idea, are they friends, are they cousins? The Kala you know, because she's dressed a little bit differently, but on the Chassan side, we don't know who the Chassan is, once I come from that side. So by a wedding, you don't know who's who. Oh, but by a funeral, you know who's who. When you come to a funeral, so the people are sitting there, but sitting up front in the first row is the wife of that young man that passed away. And she's screaming and she's crying. My husband, my husband, don't leave me alone. And the tears are flowing. And anybody who walks into that funeral knows who the wife of that young man that died is. And sitting next to her, a little pitzel of kindleach that are sitting next to her. And they're screaming, Abba, Abba, where are you? Who's going to take me to school? Who's going to learn with me? Who's going to play ball with me? Who's going to tuck me into sleep? Those aren't friends and cousins. Those are the children of that young man. That is the wife of that young man. And crying more than anybody else in the room is the mother of that young man. They gave her Valiums. They gave her all kinds of medication. And nothing helps. She sits there and she weeps and she weeps. Oi, Chazal says, we know what is Shabbat. Who is the children of Hashem? On Tisha B'av, we know who's who. The ones that sit on Tisha B'av, and they're sad, those are the guests. The ones that sit and cry, Shlomo Melech says, Hashem, you're my husband. Says, Yemi, oh, Kalmana. Yisrael sits on Tisha B'av like a widow. A widow is alone. After the shiva, she sits alone. When everybody leaves, she sits alone and cries quietly in her room. And when she comes to the table, she cries quietly at the table. A tissue of Hashem knows who is his kala. Who's going to miss me in their room and in their table? The ones that cry like an almana. For the pain of an almana is the greatest pain of all. And the ones that sit on Tishabov and cry to Hashem, Tati, Tati, who's going to put me to bed? Who's going to take care of me? Where are you, Tati, Shabashamayim, Avinu Malkeinu, where are you? Those are the children of Hashem. And those that are the mothers of the Jewish children, those who understand what it means to lose a child, understand on the night of Tisha B'av that HaKadosh Baruch Hu lost his children. Not one, not two, millions. And every single day his children are leaving him and walking away on the streets of New York, on the streets of Israel. Every single day they're dying. Do we understand?
understand the pain of a parent that loses a child? Can we understand the pain of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's losing one child after another in intermarriage? Those who cry on Tisha B'Av at the funeral, Hashem says, that one is my son. He cries like a child. That one is my wife. She cries like a wife. And that one understands what it means to lose a child. I have lost so many of my children over these years. A spiritual holocaust. You should not know. I, last year I spoke a little bit about the mountains. Everybody got nervous. And everybody got so upset. For Hashem, this year the mountains have changed. But Klai Yisrael is in such a spiritual holocaust, girls. Hashem is losing child after child after child. Just Erev, Erev Tisha B'av, I got a phone call from one of my students that's not religious. And he said, Rebbe, I have two daughters. What am I going to do? He said, I went to a club a few weeks ago. I walked in. I'm not religious. I'm married with kids. And there were Jewish girls in the club. And I walked over to him, Rebbe, and I said, what are you doing here? You're a Jewish girl. What are you doing here? He said, Rebbe, I have a very close relative. And I don't know what to do with her. She lives in the Bronx. She has two children from two different husbands that are not Jewish. Hashem's children, HaKadosh Baruch is losing us one after another. He sits in Shemayim tonight on the floor, it says in the Medrash. God sits like you're sitting. And He wails and He cries. And the Malachim are crying with Him. It's a Levaya. It's a funeral in Shemayim. So on Tisha B'av, He knows who's who. He knows who the family members are and who are just the people that are coming to Leviah just to see what's going on. There's a story that I've said, I don't know if I've said it on Tisha B'Av. An amazing story that Rav Shadron says over and with this we'll close. In the times of the Holocaust, there were two friends from a city. One was Mordechai and one was Yaakov. The Germans came into their city and they took them all. They destroyed the shul, they destroyed the school. They put them onto a cattle car and they brought them to Auschwitz. And this boy, Mordechai, came to Auschwitz with his mother and his father and five siblings and they came before Yemach Shemoy, Mengele, Yemach Shemoy, Bezichroy you should burn forever and Mengele saw that this was one family so he told Mordechai to go to the right and his mother understood what that meant and Mordechai's mother jumped off the line to try Actually, she didn't know what it meant. She tried to grab him that he shouldn't be separated. And the Nazi pulled out his gun and shot his mother in front of him. When his father saw that, he went crazy. And he went to run to see if his wife was still alive. Maybe she's still breathing. And the Nazi shot his father. 
And as Rav Shagran says it over, his father's body fell on his mother. And then all the children started getting crazy and running around. And one by one they shot each one. Except for Mordechai. They put Mordechai on a line of young Jewish men. And they marched him into a barracks. And in this barracks was a pit of lye. Lye is acid. And they took each boy and they undressed him. They, they, they totally undressed him. They shaved off all the hair on his head. And each boy, they said, delousing. They had to put them into this pit of lye, which actually burnt your skin. It was acid. So that it would burn off the Jews. They felt the Jews were full of all types of diseases. So the boys lined up and each one would go into the lye for a few seconds. And when it began to burn their skin, they would be pulled out. They would get out. And it came to Mordechai. And it was his turn to go into the lie. And he turned to the Nazi soldier. And he looked him in the eye and he said, You destroyed my town. You destroyed my school. You destroyed my shul. You killed my mother. You killed my father. He killed every one of my brothers and sisters. And he looked him in the eye. He took off my clothing. He took off my self-esteem. He shaved off my head. But there's one thing you can never take away from me. And that's my God. Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. And the Nazi grabbed him and threw him into the pit of lye and put his heavy boot on his head and he couldn't get out and the skin began to burn and he began to die and the Nazis thought it was very very funny and he started to laugh and when the body underneath his boot stopped moving he walked away there was another boy in that line his name was Yanko. He knew Mordechai. He jumped off the line, putting his life in danger. Jumped down to the pit of lies, stuck his hands in, and began to look for the body of Mordechai. He finally grabbed them and pulled them out. And as the story is said, his skin was smoking, but he was still breathing. And they took Mordechai back to the barracks. The Germans were sure he would die. But he made it through the war. And he lived. And I'll tell you how we know this story. There was an old man that lived in B'nai Barak. And he had a grandson. Rav once says this over. And his grandson used to ask his grandfather, Zaidi, Zaidi, everybody has hair on their arms, but you don't. How come you don't have hair on your arms? You look funny when you put on your tefillin. And the Zaydi said, one day when you're by mitzvah, my little grandson, you'll find out why I have no hair on my arms. And one day in B'nai Barak, when they made the bar mitzvah of this little boy, and the grandfather was sitting at the head table, and the little boy turned to the grandfather and said, Zaydi, you promised, you promised me you tell me why you have no hair on your arms. And the Zaydi said, relax, a couple of more minutes and you'll know. Ten minutes later, in walked the man. 
he looked like he had just come through therapy for cancer there was not a hair on his body everybody turned around and looked at him they thought he was very very sick he walked in with a big fat smile nobody knew him no family members knew him and Rav Yankel said I would like you to say a few words and Mordechai got up and he said I want to tell you everyone here the story of why I look like this but I want you to know that I have children and grandchildren and I wouldn't have that if your grandfather Rav Yankel wouldn't have pulled me out and the grandfather turned to the grandson and said the reason I have no hair on my arms because my hands were in that acid for so long Baruch Hashem look who's here today the greatest Babits for present my friend is here his children and grandchildren sometimes we have to put our arms into the acid sometimes we need to spend the money sometimes we need to spend the time to pull our brothers out of the acid because there is no Jewish brother that doesn't have the Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad on his heart this Tisha B'Av we need to be Mechabel to bring back our Kaddish Baruch Hu's children if Shimshim Pinkus ends his share and he says a story of a king who had a son who did not behave and he had no no choice and he had to get patched so he patched him and then the boy again misbehaved and he patched him again until he was so patched up that there wasn't a part on this boy's body that wasn't swollen and the king said I can't patch my son anymore but his soldiers and his guards said but you can't allow him to do what he's doing so the king turned to the soldiers and his followers and said there is no more space on his body to hit him instead every time he misbehaves hit me and they said to the king we can't hit you you're the king and he said I would rather that you hit me than you hit my son he can't handle anymore he'll die so they began to hit the king every time this boy misbehaved and the boy ran around and did what he was doing because now he wasn't getting petched anymore but the king was getting beat up says Rav Shimshin it's very very deep what I'm about to say girls but it's very very true in the beginning of time actually in the middle of time Hashem destroyed the Beis HaMikdash both of them we got patched we lost our Beis HaMikdash hundreds of thousands and millions of Jews died Spanish Inquisition Holocaust the city of Worms all these kindness that we're going to say tomorrow but then Hashem turned to his Malachim and said I can't hit them anymore they just came out of a holocaust they're living in America today how can I hit a door that just came out of a holocaust 
The Jewish nation can't take it anymore. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed himself to get hit. In our generation, all the children that are off the Derev, all the things that are going on in our lives, Kaddish Baruch Hu is in pain. He's taking the hit for us. The least we can do is care that He's taking the hit for us. Then it's worth it. A nation that gets up atheism, a nation that allows the things that in the Torah it says is abomination, states in the United States of America that are actually voting to allow things that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I hate it. At least cry for Hashem girls at night. If He's taking the hit for us, the least we can do is cry for him. On the other side of Eicha, you've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.